Hello and welcome to Buildings of Tomorrow. My name is John Lester and in today's episode, we're talking about bringing automation to every building, bringing automation technology and the value propositions that it delivers down to every single building in the world. Today, I'm joined by Dick Pope. He is the head of field devices at Siemens Building Products in the Americas. Dick, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, John. Thank you for the time. It's my absolute pleasure, and it's it's one of the the great topics that we talk about. You know, often we talk around the technology in our industry when we when we look at building automation and all the great things that it can do, energy efficiency, you know, health and productivity, and these kinds of things. Sometimes we forget that you know we look around in our cities. There's a lot of building. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of buildings out there, and and some of them have different requirements and applications. What what are the challenges? What do we mean when we say we want to bring automation to every building? Well, I, I think sometimes, you know, as we look at our building automation, we tend to be looking at those complex facilities, right? The universities, the large hospital campuses, uh, but but really that's only 7% of, of the number of buildings total. If, if we take the United States, for instance, there's over 6 million commercial buildings mm-hmm. and 93% of those are simple or low complexity. So. What I mean by that in simple or low complexity, it's just managed by a, a thermostat. There's really mm-hmm. nothing on top to, to add value to those small buildings. So, so we have seen and uh, we've, we've tried to bring complexity down or bring those solutions down, but it, it just doesn't, it's, it's, a, it's a budget conscious market. They need to spend differently. So when we look at these buildings, we're thinking, you know, offices, restaurants, retailers, K through 12 schools, outpatient care, a lot of different areas with with not the large budget or the complexity in their facility where they need to embrace those products today. I understand. And, and you mentioned that they, you know, some of these are run by a thermostat or, or maybe don't have any automation at all. Is that the status for a lot of these buildings? They're just not, they're not being controlled actively in that manner? Yeah, yeah, definitely. If if we look at the overall buildings, over 70% do not have building automation. And, and surprisingly, almost 50% do not even get regular service to their HVAC system. So what, what was what was uh, the uh, Energy Council had recently given a report of um, the, the greatest demand for these small buildings and, and the greatest growth opportunity for smart solutions or automation is in these simple and low complexity buildings. So their demand is they want to save energy, uh, they want reduced service and repair costs, and and they want the occupant comfort, right? I mean, so if we look at um, restaurants, retailers, education, smaller schools, they need the right temperature, they need the indoor quality, indoor air quality is is very important considering what is all happening in, in today's events. So uh, yes, there there is a big demand and, and um, a, a lot of opportunity in those small buildings to address a lot of uh, needs that aren't being fulfilled today. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's a really important point that you just made, important point, sorry, because in effect, the values or the requirements, the demands of the people within these buildings are similar. You know, we, we want to have good indoor air quality. We want to have a comfortable temperature. Uh, if, if I'm the operator or the owner of this building or the investor, I want to make sure it's energy efficient and, and you know, also has the lowest operating costs uh, as possible. All of these things are, are, are relatively similar to a, maybe a, a larger or a more complex building, mm-hmm. but somehow we have to achieve those goals using the technology um, you know, but but getting over this hump like you described, where complex you know, complex systems and there have to be systems that that manage these bigger buildings, 
trying to apply them in in some cases to smaller applications or to simpler applications can come up with some some struggles. Uh, within all these buildings, these these smaller ones, anyhow, you know, there's a couple of different approaches we could go about this. And and today we want to focus a little bit on some of the the core equipment that sits within those buildings. Mm -hmm. When we take an, an equipment view on these small buildings, uh, give us a bit of an example of of some of the the core HVAC equipment we'd expect to see and and just the scope or the scale that um, that's out there in this this part of the industry. Definitely. So so like I said, when we look at these buildings, you know, the 90 plus percent, they're, they're less than, I'd say they're less than 50,000 square feet. And the majority of those are less than 25,000 square feet. So not speaking globally, um, but in the U.S., it's, it's an air market, right? So, so we are pushing air. Uh, the primary equipment, I'd say 100%, is is rooftop units are are the main HVAC equipment for these small buildings. So uh, there, there's not a lot of uh, complexities in zoning or different things like that. There is some basic zoning, but it is a um, rooftop unit that's that's driving air to a, to one location, uh, driven driven by a thermostat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, perfect. And and I, what I like about breaking this problem down into something so specific as this piece of equipment is because even if we look at that rooftop unit, as you say, this is the primary kind of equipment we'd expect to see. You multiply that by your 90% of 6 million buildings, that's a lot of rooftop units, right? Yeah, uh, definitely. And, and what's interesting is just from the OEM side, you know, we're, they're over 1.2 million units produced a year for the United States, but mm -hmm. that doesn't even capture all of the units that are out there, if we're saying average four to six rooftop units on a building at, at six million buildings, there's a lot of units. And, and, and when you look at those today, um, you know, only 43 or 50% being serviced normally, uh, they're basically being run to fail. And, uh, and, and when they do fail, then you have the downtime of discomfort for the occupants, uh, potential damage, um, even full replacement. So an average rooftop unit will run for 15 years and the warranty is one to five years. So, so yeah, there is a lot of time there that service is, is critical and optimizing that equipment for your energy efficiency, your comfort, your indoor air quality. Those are all critical throughout the life of that rooftop unit. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got, we've got a huge number of buildings uh, you know, installed in, the, in or on top of those buildings. In this case, we have a huge amount of equipment Mm -hmm. Yeah, that this is not a small undertaking. You know, if if we had to try and bring you know an an extended level of automation to every single one of these units, um, I can't just jump out there with my van and my ladder and start to make it happen. How how as an industry do we start to try and tackle this great opportunity and and also not just an opportunity but an essential step that we have to take if we want to hit our energy efficiency targets, if we want to hit our sustainability goals. How do we take that step and address these buildings and this equipment? Well, it's interesting. What we did, you know, with Siemens, we actually created a, a center of competence in the United States. Uh, so, so a team, engineers, um, project managers, product managers, and, and really came together and said, how, how do we identify this or how do we create? We can't just push the, uh, the, the building automation system down. We need to really understand the pain points. Mm -hmm. And that's the pain points from the building occupant, the building owner, the installer, the mechanical contractor, the controls contractor is providing service. So we really spent a lot of time in interviewing, understanding needs, wants, price, cost positions. What is everything that 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 
everybody is wanting and can we put that in a nice little box with a bow and 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 provide that to the market yeah because i can imagine you know we talk we talk a little bit about service providers we talked a little bit about oems but we kind of need we need everyone everyone mm-hmm. in the industry who's out there visiting these buildings you know and installing or replacing or and and commissioning thermostats right through to to building that oem equipment um, you know trying to also address the requirements at the source we need everyone to to be engaged in trying to to solve this challenge right? exactly one what was interesting to me and in, in the the findings that we had was out of sight out of mind so mm-hmm. a building owner or a building manager or, or the occupant everything's great until it's 90 degrees in the summer and all of a sudden your your unit's not working, you're losing customers or people are complaining, you have to stop your business, uh, then it's a problem, right? And and when we look at it today with these rooftop units, just being a thermostat and the RTU piece, um, it's a reactive approach. Uh, so so we're, we get a call from an installer point of view, we get a call, we say something's failed, we have to run a truck out, we've got to understand what the problem is, identify that, probably go back and get the parts, get the right pieces, return again. So it's taking a lot of time. And, and at that time for an HVAC contractor, it's, it's, it's not the greatest impression to the building operator because they're saying, why are you taking so long? When, when in fact they haven't really serviced, but so so there there is that from the installer, and and then when we look at the the building manager, or the building owner, they're they're why does my building you know smell stale? Why why is my electric bill eight hundred dollars a month? There's there's those factors too, and 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 there is some integration of residential type thermostats where they can schedule. So so great that can give them some uh, energy savings there, but but you can override some of that if, if that occupant wants to turn the temperature up, what have you. It, but there's not the, I'd say, an overall ecosystem of how we manage from identifying the problem ahead of being the problem, making sure we're, we're maximizing the optimizing that equipment to, to be energy efficient, and, and really making sure we've got a safe, secure, um, clean environment with the indoor air quality. So uh, there are a lot of factors. And and then when we couple that into as as equipment gets more complex, you're you're also dealing with a a labor force out there where the technical, the talent pool isn't there um, with a lot of control contractors or, or HVAC mechanicals where they can hire tomorrow somebody that has a lot of experience in these applications. So, so there is a lot of ramp up time. Um, and that also leads to uh, fields, field failures or not wiring something correctly. So there are a lot of issues. So you need to be able to repeat it. It needs to be simple and it needs to give you all that value that those operators and users need. Yeah. Uh, you just touched on a whole lot of different topics and, and even throughout the conversation, you know, we've talked about the values that that for the owner, the operator, and the user of the buildings, uh, you know, energy efficiency, cost reduction, indoor air quality, comfort. Uh, we talked about the the simplicity or the requirement for simplicity, uh, and and not just for definitely from a skills perspective or an experience perspective, but also from a, a time and and labor perspective. Because as you mentioned, one of the other points was there is, you know, there is pressure on this from a cost perspective. You need to be able to. To whatever you administer has to make sense for for the size of the building, for the complexity and expectations. Um, and then one of the other things that you started to touch on, and I'd like to to ask a little bit more about, is is 
you know, in, in this era of our industry where connectivity is becoming uh, so much more available, but also, you know, we're able to leverage it so much more. Is that Was that something you also found when you looked into the industry, that that ability for someone to connect remotely, to, to take a quick look under the hood from a, from a distance and make some decisions before they have to jump in the truck uh, and right. drive to site, is that is that also core for us to make this not only applicable but also sustainable for this kind of building stock? Oh, definitely. Like like we talked about early, six million buildings. So if we look at that in in a city, um, an, an HVAC contractor, you could drive down the street. The opportunities look endless. But the big question is, is how, how do you scope to manage that? I, mm-hmm. I think there's a value prop there because we saw close to 50 percent do not have normal service. There's a great value prop there. Um, but how does a, a, a HVAC contractor come out and have all the people to do quarterly on-site uh, visits or, or different inspections. So yes, that remote connectivity, utilizing the cloud, being able to sit one person in a room, monitor a hundred different locations, it's, it, it builds a great business model for, for the HVAC contractor, but it also, because like we talked about earlier, the, the occupant, it's it, like we said, out of sight, out of mind, just keep me cool. Um, so, so where we look at, you really need to add the value to that installer to make his job, his or her job easier uh, to be able to scope, grow their business without having to add a large headcount or a fleet of vans. How, how can we address these six million buildings? So, so definitely um, using technology in, uh, above site where we can reach in one location to many, um, very important to, to provide the right service. Yeah, perfect. And, and I like that as well, because we are really talking about whenever whenever technology is deployed, and, and one of the phrases you used at the start is this run to fail, which, you know, this is not a sustainable approach for, for us as an industry. Also, when you're talking about technology, right, uh, um, turning up to site and, and plugging it in and walking away doesn't solve the, the problems we have today. And, and if we look at the current global situation, here's a, a perfect example of how requirements change. Uh, and you and you you can't assume that uh, you plug it in and and make some settings that those settings will be good for the next ten years. Uh, and and I like that approach. You know, in 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 the conversation we've had today to understand that it's not just uh, making a box uh, hit a price point, but you have to simplify the installation, the commissioning, and then also enable that that future operations, servicing, and and maintenance because otherwise in 10 years we'll end up back in the same position as we are today. Exactly, and, and to add to that, when we take our, you know, the other manufacturers who we compete against in the market, everybody's trying to find their niche, whether it's a, a smarter actuator, smarter valve, smarter what have you, thermostat, it's, it's, it's all adding different uh, complexities to the overall mix for these simple buildings because now we're adding layers layers of cloud connections, layers of contact points with your smartphone. It, it brings a lot of complexity from a many different areas as we try to provide the right solution for these small buildings, which when we go back to the beginning with, with these simple buildings, it's the same type of rooftop unit. It's that building owner who doesn't have a, a full-time um, grounds you know, building manager to, to manage all of the equipment. So. It has to be that simple. We can't push those complexities down or evolve individually on those devices. Yeah, perfect. And I like that. I just came up or just thought of a question which you want, you're not going to like because it's confusing, but, but I'll give it to you anyway. 
because I, I think it, it describes two different things. Is it do we do we need to make simple things smarter, or do we need to make smarter things simpler? How how, how do we solve? How, how do we find the the sweet spot in between just what you described, making smart, intelligent, powerful devices, uh, and and then bringing smart, intelligent systems down? How, how do we find that sweet spot as an industry? so that we can be successful. Right, and John, I think you hit a key word, powerful. And what does powerful mean by the application? Mm-hmm. So when I when I look at a university or a large campus setting, their power is a different definition compared to a restaurant building or, or a small office or a small doctor. So when, when we look at powerful in, in a very complex building, uh, that's where we need to look at more intelligence, even at the end devices and how they work together. That's where we bring in and we need to create custom solutions for each building. It can't really do a turnkey. Mm-hmm. Now, when we turn to the simpler buildings and the low complexity, power is defined as how, how do we make it, I guess, simpler for the user because you're now dealing with a different uh, a different manager that's there. It's not a business manager. You're, you're, you're dealing with an owner or, or what have you. And that's, they're looking at it as just keep my room at the right temperature, save my energy and give me good air quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, total different needs on the other side. So we need to provide, leverage our experience, I guess, to answer your questions, leverage our experience in the powerful, more complex, but how do we transform that into a powerful, simple solution at the local level. And, and the nice thing is, is we're not dealing with chillers, air handlers, many different pieces of equipment that requires high complexity. We're dealing primarily with rooftop units, which is a little bit more turnkey where we can repeat across mm-hmm. all of those buildings, not create custom solutions at every building. Yeah, perfect. And, and that's what I like about, about the, the conversation that we've had today and the approach that, that you've taken is because it does boil it down to a single common denominator that you can address in a more systematic uh, way. You know, you can, you, can, you can boil this down to a couple of core applications. You can boil this down to something that's repeatable and, and, and make it as, as suited to the requirements as possible straight out of the box, which is, right. is the only way that, that we can address this challenge as an industry, right? Because otherwise that skill set um, is going to be beyond, uh, certainly beyond what we have today as an industry, but also, you know, even if the our industry stood still, it would take some time to catch up. But our industry doesn't stand still. We get we get more complex or, or more powerful. We get more smart. We get more data orientated. We get more connected and integrated. Right. Uh, and and there's the risk that we leave, you know, the that that uh, that first stage, this this huge volume of of more simple and and less scalable solutions behind. Exactly. Dick, thank you so much uh, for the conversation. It was really enjoyable. Thank you. Thank you, John. It's been a pleasure. I get the feeling that we'll, we're going to continue this conversation because, uh, you know, we talked about one approach of how to attack this. Uh, you know, there's certainly other ways that, that, that our industry has the chance to, to get into this, into this challenge. But, but thank you for your time. Um, and also thank you to everyone who's listening to us. Please remember to like, share, comment on this episode, subscribe to us wherever you're listening or watching this Uh, And, you know, keep your eye out because we've got more conversations coming soon. And no doubt Dick will be with us again at some point to continue the conversation around how we how we address this mass of buildings and this huge opportunity for our industry to make even more impact 
uh, in the areas that we know we need to. Uh, apart from that, thank you all. We'll see you soon.